the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money and less and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I like talking about the future. I like talking stock. I like trying to say what I think is going to happen based on research, based on insights. Is there money to be made off this? Yeah, there is. That's what you got to know. So, where do we go from here now that all of the children have grown up? 2018 is rapidly approaching 2020. And we know that Generation Z is going to be 40% of the shoppers by 2020. So a lot of what's happened in the digital technology world is geared towards them, not necessarily towards you. I've talked a little bit already about cryptocurrencies. They're going to become more widely accepted. Do they hold their value? I don't know. I don't know how to value them. I send up the white flag. I'll let you figure that out if you want to. I think there's a lot of stupid people, uneducated people, speculators, saying there's gold in them, their cryptocurrencies. Be careful. Google and Apple are going to challenge Amazon in the smart speaker space. The resurgence of the virtual reality market. Every year, we get a little bit better. Every year in the self-driving car race, we get a little bit better. I have a truck, and man, I'll tell you what. I don't know if I can go back to driving a truck without the, the blind spot check thing. You know, the radar that goes beep, beep, beep. Love it. Drone regulations will continue to relax. Alibaba is going to be a big international player this year. You're going to start hearing more and more about them. Generation Z. And for the record, you can buy shares of Alibaba by going to Baba, B-A-B-A. They're the Chinese Amazon, within some expectations, you know, contained. Generation Z is obviously a big focal point. Payment security is becoming more and more paramount. And uh, when you hear companies like Apple say, you know, the FBI is like, we need their help in cracking this device. You feel some comfort in that. So Target... Home Depot's been hacked, and you know uh, Equifax, and like, oh, who's next, right? This is the year of the interconnected devices. So there's a lot to think about here. So you know, e-commerce, Amazon Whole Foods marriage is likely going to hurt Whole Foods' reputation. Whole Foods once had this reputation of like, if I wanted to go out on a date and Chrissy Field and I'd go get a bottle of wine from Whole Foods and some cheese and go to Chrissy Field with a blanket and the, the woman would be like, oh, Rob, you're so thoughtful. I, I showed up with a bag from Safeway. She'd be like, oh, Rob, you're so cheap. But, oh, I love you. All right, all right, all right. So Amazon's going to have to rebrand the grocery is not quite the premium player they used to be because Amazon doesn't deal with premium prices. So, Singles Day, 11-11 is a big thing in China. And uh, you're going to see that come to the United States. You're going to see anything retailers can do to get us to buy. 
whenever they can get us to buy, it's going to happen. Why wait till Thanksgiving when you can get people going, you know, earlier than that? Why wait for Black Friday? You're going to see a cavalcade of retailers and brands revamp their mobile apps and browsers. Uh, I think if you look at Starbucks app, it's probably one of the best out there as far as getting you integrated in their ecosystem, getting you integrated into getting rewards and getting you integrated into pre-ordering ahead and getting them able to serve more, more coffee. Amazon's going to become a pharmacy company in 2018. India is going to become a battleground for e-commerce by mid-2018. Um, we always look for new markets. And, you know, a couple of years ago, we were talking about Apple breaking into China. Now we're talking about Apple breaking into India. So a lot going on, right? Um, yeah, so I'm going to move forward with this at this point in time, if that's okay. I've done a lot of content here already for you Anyway, on mobile and other areas. Um, I've talked a lot about millennium, millennials and Facebook and Apple and Google, and are they monopolies or not? And the answer is yeah, and I think that 2018 is going to be a year where we really start looking at the monopolies that they are, and are we bothered by it? And do we do something about it? I don't know. Um, I could tell you that at one point in time, Standard Oil and AT&T were considered monopolies, and our government said, break them up. Google drives 89% of internet search. 95% of young adults on the internet use a Facebook product. Amazon accounts for 75% of electronic books. Google and Facebook have 63% of online ad spending. Google and Apple provide 99% of mobile phone operating systems. Apple and Microsoft supply 95% of desktop operating systems. A growing number of critics think that this is a problem. And you're going to see 2018 turn into a year where we need to talk. You're going to start seeing businesses adopt mobile apps and focus more on messaging apps and social apps. Messaging apps like Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp, Kick, WeChat, Line, uh, social media apps like Facebook and Instagram are becoming more appealing solutions for businesses than actual mobile apps. So even as the mobile app is de uh, developing for companies like Starbucks, um, businesses are starting to say, what else can we do? Messaging and social apps have enormous user bases. Just the top four chat apps globally have a combined four billion active users so it's like a tv set these messaging apps and social apps that has four billion people on the other end so again the apps that are going to be players facebook messenger whatsapp kick wechat line and then facebook and instagram there's very low barriers to entry for businesses looking to build a presence on them you're seeing a growing set of tools meant to make communicating with a customer a breeze including chatbots. Apps are expensive to build and maintain, and it's challenging for the business to stand out in a saturated mobile app market. The ones that do, we notice, like I said, Starbucks. It's all that in a bucket of chicken. Do you ever get concerned when you see things like Kentucky Fried Chicken selling a bucket of chicken for like $5, and you're like, that can't be possible. And then you get that said bucket of chicken. I used to be involved with someone who, their family reunions, that all get buckets of Kentucky Fried Chicken and meet at a picnic area. Uh, you always look at the chicken, you're like, that's not a chicken. There's no way that's a chicken. That's not, 
And sure enough, it is. They say that Kentucky Fried Chicken has an eight-wing chicken that they've bioengineered, and that's one of the ways they get the five-buck five buck bucket. Chat and social apps are popular amongst customers. Should I call them customers or consumers? And it presents an opportunity for business to engage consumers where they're already spending their time. So if you're going to be on Instagram, if you're going to be on Facebook, if you're going to be on WhatsApp, why not have the advertisers go there? And if you're going to look at, like, uh, you know, sexy bikini pictures or Halloween costumes, and you're a Halloween costume company or a sexy bikini company, why not advertise where people's eyeballs already are? So chat and social apps have spent the last year rolling out new and compelling tools for businesses. You're going to see them take off this year. So we're on these apps. I'm not on Instagram. I'm not cool. But you get the idea. I'm Rob Black talking the future. I'm looking 12 months out, and that's my future. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show. Podcast me, Apple iTunes. I've got my own podcast. Tell friends about me. Do some marketing for me because no one markets for me. You should do that. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. So commuting by car is expensive. According to a 2017 study, owning and operating a new vehicle costs drivers an average of $8,500 annually or $706 a month. So local legislators are now starting to say, let's try to build houses that are close to mass transit so that people don't have to own cars. And that $8,500 that they're not going to be paying on car might be going to pay for rent and make it a little bit more affordable. I don't know if that's the answer. (laughs) Again, more light rail. It's not exactly cheap. That's out there. But our governments are trying to figure it out. Los Angeles Metro is providing $9 million to developers at a low interest rate to construct affordable housing within a half mile of transit lines. California or Oakland and Berkeley are trying to do the same thing. They're trying to say, hey, where, how far out can we go? How far out are people willing? I've got friends who live in Livermore who take the train every day, and it's lovely. They live in their wooded, lovely community, and they take the train every day. But is that really a solution? It kind of is. Because at one point in time, I remember I used to buy homes that were within five minutes of work, so I didn't have to take mass transit, and I didn't have to stick in, uh, and wait in traffic uh, driving all the time. And I used to live like that. So it is what it is. Speaking of living like that, Alameda County Fair. It's in Pleasanton. It's going to host its annual Feed the Need Food Drive. That's out there. It's fair time. I got a family four-pack. I'm going to increase these giveaways as the season goes on. But today I've got a family four-pack for the Alameda County Fair. Which isn't in Alameda, but it's in Alameda County. It's got new rides. It's got horse racing, tasting events. It's got big action shows, pig races, fair food. It's got concerts. And I'm particularly into the cover concerts, the cover shows. Like, 
Prince is dead, so I won't be able to see Prince in concert anymore, so I have to go see Purple Rain, R-E-I-G-N, at the Alameda County Fair to get my, my Purple Prince fix. So the fair's here. It's a good time to be alive, so to speak. Say hello to summer and get back on track. Racing track, horse track. Alameda County Fair horse racing returns June 15th through July 8th with more days of live racing, big prize money, contest giveaways, derby dog dash, and much, much more. It's a fun time. You can learn more by going to alamedacountyfair.com. It's alamedacountyfair.com. School's getting out this week, ladies and gents, and you're going to have to in, in, entertain those little rugrats for the next 70 to 100 days. And one of those days could be free for you at the Alameda County Fair by calling 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Say hello to summer. Alameda County Fair back in town. AlamedaCountyFair.com. 800-516-1220. Previous winners are excluded. You can call 800-516-1220 right now. Now, to, to blend that... Let's play a CFP Chad Burton segment from this morning where he talks about what's it like to meet a CFP? What's it like to sit in his office and what you should be expecting? Chad? So some of the other things that you might need to hear in a financial planning meeting, if it feels wrong, go for it. That's one that you need to talk about. Or you're making a hasty financial planning decision and you're doing it in a hurry and it's going to go wrong. Like trying to swap into that next house when you can't quite afford it or changing jobs, thinking you're going to get more pay, but you haven't analyzed the benefits. Um, when it comes to investing, if it feels wrong, that's when you typically go for it. If it feels too good. That's when you should probably avoid it. But when it comes to financial planning, life decisions, it's kind of the opposite. If you're in any kind of a rush and you don't feel like you've analyzed it properly or taken enough time, just avoid it. Cause most of the time that's going to end up in regret. The other thing that you might not want to hear, but it's going to, a lot of times people want to go to a financial planner meeting and, and hear that I know how to get, you know, 10% plus rate of returns, despite what the economy is going to do. And you're going to be extremely outperforming the market or whatever. Look, real returns for stocks in the next five years or for a balanced portfolio might not impress you. It might not impress you. If this tax cut doesn't result in companies taking that extra savings and really investing in the future, and investing in capital and growth, it might just sit in cash and they might retire debt, buy back more stock and not really have a plan to grow. And bonds are extremely low still in interest rates. So in the next five years, it could not impress you. Or once you get into retirement, if you go through a period of time where the market kind of does a lull factor, like it kind of really did from 2007 to 2017, not super stellar returns, right? Because of a large correction, you might go into a meeting and you might hear, look, you need to stop taking two major vacations a year. You need to cut it down to one um, because you're spending too much money and you're you're putting your long-term financial plan in jeopardy. Sometimes people are going to have to put you on track on your expenses or tell you you're spending too much. In some cases, we have to tell people you're not spending enough. What are you doing with all this wealth when you seem miserable? You got to find a way to be happy. Start giving more money while you're alive, maybe. Um, so you need to say, okay, what have I saved this all for? Money's just a tool. 
Are you going to put a whole bunch of money in your coffin when you die? What's the point of just accumulating, 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 not using it to do any good in your life, either to make you feel better or to make others feel better? And then one that I got into conversation with is even a good friend is like, you know, this, this financial plan model is, it, it's silly. Um, there's no way I'm going to live till age 86 years old. And I don't care if I leave my spouse, you know, millions of dollars to live till they're a hundred. It's just, it's just, it's just not going to happen. That same meeting, the same person complained about not investing more money into technology and healthcare stocks. So stop saying you're not going to live till age 100. It's irresponsible and it's ignorant and it's putting your spouse in danger. What I mean by that is if you, if, if you sit there and you say, I want more technology, I want more healthcare stocks, but you're not going to live till past age 86 because of maybe it's diabetes, maybe it's heart issues. Look, some of the stuff that's going on out there, I would assume that diabetes in the next 10 years is going to be cured. I would assume that in the next 10 years, every single organ in our body is going to be replaced by an artificial organ or potentially be able to do that because the advances, everything down to gene therapy are amazing. We're, we're coming to this big, huge tipping point where technology, science, and healthcare is all coming together and it's some good and some bad. The bad is that people are going to be living a lot longer, but they have not saved enough for retirement. So how are they going to deal with that? Well, they're going to have to work longer or save longer, whatever, spend less in retirement, but you're going to live longer. So stop kind of separating how exciting it is to invest in these items without thinking it's going to affect your lifestyle in the future by having you live longer. The other thing that people get into, especially now that financial planning software, because each of our clients gets a really cool uh, financial planning site where the financial plan is essentially updated every day. It's tied to all their accounts. They can even track their expenses on it, set budget alerts, um, see what their overall asset allocation is. But people get into this issue of asking us for multiple scenarios over and over and over again. Well, what if I sell this property then? Or what if I retire at 65 and go to work part-time? And, and that's really, really good to run several scenarios. But when you start asking to run multiple scenarios just to make yourself feel, feel better and change the data input just so it makes your plan work rather than the advisor saying, look, stop asking these multiple scenarios. You have a situation that needs change. Here's two or three things that you can do to change it. Either save more, spend less, invest in your career so you can make more money. Tackle one thing at a time versus try to make multiple scenarios and data inputs to make your financial plan feel better. And sometimes you're going to have to hear from an advisor, look, I'm not right for you. This is not a situation that's a good match. Um, but here's somebody that can actually help you out. So sometimes you're going to hear things in a financial planning meeting that you're not going to like. Now, the suburbs of the Bay Area happen to be East Bay. I kind of feel that North Bay, it's okay and it does nice. But the East Bay is where everyone looks and goes, okay, I can't really afford a house in San Francisco. I can't afford a house on the peninsula. I can't afford a house in San Jose. Where do I go? And that was a couple years ago that you were willing to live in an area that might have a little more crime, a little bit more uh, poverty, a little more homeless. So there's a report put together by the Bay Area Council of Economic Institute, 
and it said the Bay Area needs to uh, build more affordable homes. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. This is Taylor Swift, right? And you go back to her career, and she started out country singer with a little twang. Her dad was, I think, an investment banker or something like this. Trust me, I'm not a music bio kind of guy behind the music. But I think he moved from New Jersey, Philadelphia area, somewhere in that area, to Nashville to like help her career when she was 12, 13, 14 years old. Would you do that for your kid? I guess if you had a crystal ball and you knew she was going to turn into Taylor Swift, you would. Otherwise, you might say something like this. Well, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to give you bad parenting advice. 2018, the year of more technology. I'm talking about it here right now with you. Low-powered wide area networks is where we last left off. These are devices that consume very little power and transmit data infrequently. Think of it as the, what is it, the thing that's on your keychain that when it gets lost, it goes doo doo Like maybe once or twice a day it, it transmits data. So it's not even that. But it's something that can get in touch with big telcos like AT&T and Verizon. Um, there's a ton of startups trying to command market share right at this point in time. Sigfox, which is a French low-power wide area network carrier, has raised $277 million. Um, and there's IPOs coming. It's going to be a new type of technology that you're going to kind of start to get. Simtech is out there. S-E-M-T-Tech. They've raised $28 million, but they haven't raised money in a while. So low-power, wide-area networks, more and more communication of devices. It's the Internet of Things. We're going to see Western governments hold hearings to explore Internet of Things regulations. I recently heard someone talk about self-driving cars. Some people are starting to test them out. They're starting to roll out in, in Phoenix. They're starting to roll out in Vegas. Things like that, uh, where people are starting to get their, their feet wet, so to speak, and they love it. Now, what happens, though, if someone hacks your car that's self-driving and sends it into a crosswalk filled with nuns or a crosswalk filled with babies? For some reason, there's a million baby march in Washington, D.C., and someone hacks your smart car and the self-driving car and sends it into the, the march. So there's going to be governments that say, we need to regulate these things. Whether it's your Teddy Ruxpin toy, which was creepy as all heck back in the 1990s, um, to now you've got baby monitors that are wireless. And do you want your creepy neighbor watching your baby? Um, do you want your creepy neighbor you know, turning your heat up, turning your heat down? Do you want them cracking the, the thermostats and the appliances and the children's toys and all the cameras that we have out there? An unfortunate byproduct right now of all this Internet of Things technology and devices is most of them are unsecured and potentially vulnerable to hacking. So regulators and lawmakers are going to get involved with this. It'll probably start in an EU state like Germany or France because that's what they do. We do not. We do not take security lightly. Get in the helicopter. I'll be back. Um, 
So it'll be Germany or France that basically says, we need these devices secure. And there'll be consumer fears. There'll be privacy and piracy. Arr, I'm a pirate. So those are big areas to like really digest of what we're going to see in 2018. In 2017, consumers spent more time and advertisers spent more money on digital media than ever before. And there's a piece in the New York Times recently about Google and Facebook and how they're clear winners in media. And if you don't think Google and Facebook are media companies, like you think NBC, ABC, CBS, and Fox, if you don't think Google and Facebook are media companies, there's something terribly, terribly wrong with you. This is Station KRGR signing off. Oh, no. That stands for Freddy Krueger. Don't fall asleep. Do you remember falling asleep when you were a kid? Like at one o'clock after Letterman would go off and they'd play the Star Spangled Banner and then they'd like go to a blank screen. We signed off in the middle of the night instead of running infomercials for the throughout the night. So digital media companies are going to try to diversify their revenue stream. You're going to see more subscriptions. Subscriptions will make you broke. You really should get a handle on your subscription because a lot of people go, I'll sign up for nine ninety nine and get the the New York Times. That's nothing. And then they sign up for something else. And then they sign up for a music service. And they sign up for something else. So subscriptions will make you broke. E-commerce and brand licensing, that's going to be big in Google, Facebook, and Amazon world. Amazon's already basically become a search engine on product. I like water picks um, to take care of my flossing issues. Who likes pulling string and rubbing it in your teeth and putting the right pressure and much rather water pick because I can shower with it as well sometimes. If I don't want to get in the shower, I just turn the water pick on my head and lather up. That's right, Jack. So to get a water pick now, I go to Amazon, I type in water pick and I look for the one that's sold over 10,000 and has the highest ratings. That's my search engine now, right? Going Google is so, so 2014. So video is going to be a big focus for Google, Facebook. Big focus. Now, Google's got some YouTube action and some other things already going, right? They're not just Google. They're not just a search engine. So video is a big thing for advertisers and brand and publishers. And consumers benefit from the higher investments in high-quality content, which, you know, Facebook wants you to be watching real production. They don't want you to be watching your cousin Vinny talk about how much he hates Trump or something like that. How much he loves Trump. Trump versus Trump. I don't know. Um, They want high quality content because in the end, you know, you'll watch the Vine videos on Amazon, on YouTube, and you'll go, oh, that's funny. And you'll grow tired of it. At some point in time, you're like, I need high quality content. Advertisers will start placing more emphasis on reaching Generation Z. Generation, uh, uh, the Millennials, was Generation Y, and they somehow got the millennial angle because of when they were born. Uh, but Generation Z is is like the new thing. So as they start entering the workforce and gaining immense spending power, um, I've had numerous discussions in 2017 leading into 2018 about, do I want to come out with a product that is more geared for millennials versus what I currently do? I started the show like saying, screw you, baby boomers. I'm going to do a, a financial show on Generation X approach to money 
It's not going to be marble marble stairs or towers or columns. It's not going to be, uh, you know, my initials on my shirt. You know, oh, look, I, I, I forgot who I am. Oh, look at your wrist. There they are. No, it's not going to be that. It's going to be an honest look at how to save money. And digital media companies are now starting to focus on Generation Z. So they're, they don't even care about me anymore. They're like, oh, he's in saving mode. Oh, he's in the last 10, 15 years of his work mode. We can't get to him. He's putting all his money towards retirement. So all the people who are advertising to me are financial institutions of promising me a golden life in retirement. Mobile video is hitting a tipping point right now. Users have become more receptive to leaning back and watching their phone. A lot of new revenue models are being tested. Mobile video is becoming a premium. It's becoming a nice product. There is a game called HQ Trivia that debuted in 2017, but really got traction in 2018, where they give away $2,000 in a trivia game. And they get 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 million people at a time who have to answer 12 questions. And in the end, there's only 200 people who can. So you win $10. You don't even win $2,000. You win $10. But the premium high-end feel of HQ trivia, the humor that's put into it, they pay stand-up comics money to basically ad-lib on the fly, you know, responses to the questions. Uh, a gastropod is, and then they'll go, oh, I once dated a gastropod. Uh, and you're like, ooh, that's high premium stuff. That's not, that's not just text. So mobile video is becoming much, much, much more of a premium program. High-end short-form series. Millennials and Generation Z don't have time. You get their attention for 10 to 12 minutes. Everyone's autistic and everyone has ADD. That's my theory in media. So you have to like hit them, punch them in the gut, hit them in the hind and run. Like that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do. So becoming digital and efforts to go more digital, you have to focus on the audience. And it's short form video. Social video will become more like TV. Snapchat will continue developing its Snap Shows format, tapping into partnerships with television incumbents like Time Warner, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox. And they're trying to say, you know, we, we want the higher end. We want the scripted content. Facebook's going to continue to refine its, its ways to get you to watch things. But they're targeting an older, more global demographic than Snapchat. Google's going to keep the course of developing professional original video for its YouTube channel. Amazon's going to keep doing what they're doing with video and Prime. And Netflix is going to keep doing what they're doing. So they're all trying to figure out that slice of the revenue that they want to get from. Or what they want to draw from. Anyhow, I'm talking 2018 technology and much, much more. Stick with me. I got more to come. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Stock talk. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. If you are in the very unique 10-hour club, two hours a day, five days a week, you do get to actually sport a badge. And you actually do get discounts. Really? Okay, I just made that up. But there is a 10-hour club, and very few people are in it. Uh, I'm very, very, very um, controlled about who gets in. It's 130% true. Marriage and debt... Uh, marriage and money debt and money life insurance 
Like there's so many components about finances, right? And yet we're probably most focused on picking up a pizza tonight, having a beer, trying to get the the spouse in a loving mood where we don't really focus on life insurance and investing and retirement and debt issues. I've got more debt now than I've had in my whole entire life, and yet I'm considered a financial success because I'm able to service that debt, and that debt creates some equity, and it's good. I feel comfortable about it. <laughs> that principal buildup is lovely versus the interest that I pay on the debt. <laughs> but you're considered lucky, and that's like that's one of the things that I remember doing radio 20 years ago. I'm like, someone called and said, hey, how do you get a good credit score? I'm like, well, you have to have a credit card and you have to have debt to have a good credit score. And doesn't that seem like wrong? Doesn't it seem like the like the idea of like, hey, I'm going to lend you money. You don't have a lot of debt. No, if you have a lot of debt, you typically have a better credit score if you're able to service said debt. So there's a lot of damaging habits that we do, whether it's getting pizza or drinking beer and trying to get the spouse in a loving mood. There's a lot of negative habits that we do that we don't really Think about the important financial issues first. For instance, living for the weekends. Everybody is working for the weekend. You need a proper hobby. It's good to do something outside of work. But a lot of times, you know, we're we're living for the weekend and we're just getting by at work. We're not really doing some of the important chores that we need to. I know a lot of people that love fast fashion. Have you ever been to Coachella? Have you ever been to Los Angeles? And you go, Wow, that, that that cowboy hat on that—that's awesome! I didn't know that was making a comeback. A bandolero, scarves, and neckerchiefs. I'm just gonna wear an ascot and a monocle and and a smoking jacket until it comes back in fashion. But fashion's expensive. So if you're going to Zara, if you're going to H&M and Primark, it costs more for fast fashion. And it doesn't last long. Big, bad, nasty habit, smoking. That one will come back to haunt you. And it's expensive. It's expensive on the front end. It's expensive on you know buying the cigarettes and product. It's also expensive on the back end, healthcare costs. <laughs> I love smokers' laughs. You know, there's one day that I, I could just do a whole show dedicated to smokers' laughs. We could just go through some of the best ones. I think that would be awesome. <laughs> I once dated a girl, a woman named Juliet. She was awesome. We were really good friends. We were really close. And when it didn't work out, it didn't work out. We both went our separate ways. Years later, I tried to reach out to her like, hey, how's life? I see you're married. You've got a kid. Congratulations. She sent an email back to me that was like, we're not really friends. Um, If you want to be my friend on Facebook, you have to be my friend, and we're not really friends. And it, it just it scorched me. I remember just getting hit like a frying pan, like Sylvester the cat, just smack in the face. And then I realized part of money and investing in life lessons is sometimes friendships run their course. Let him go. Let him go. Let him go. You are one with the snow. Another bad habit that's going to hurt you financially are people that sometimes go to bed at eight. Sometimes go to bed at 9, sometimes go to bed at 10, sometimes go to bed at 11. I believe that having a habitual habit is a good thing, not a bad thing. I think your quality of sleep improves if you go to bed at the same time every night. 
and your body just gets used to it. Every morning at four, guess what happens? I have to poop. I know you're saying, why are you telling me that? It's surreal because of radio. I have to get up early every day. Right. And my body is just used to saying, do that. Yeah. Um, another bad habit that's going to cost you money over time is thinking that you're going to be young forever and that you're, you can eat whatever you want. Um, I don't eat a lot of processed foods. I, just, I, I try to avoid them. Um, because I gain weight. It's only I a wafer thing. Yeah. I couldn't eat another thing. I'm absolutely stuffed. I could have eaten another thing back in the day, but even a wafer thin mint, I look at as calories now. I'm not a big fan of drinking cheap wine or cheap beer. I don't mind cheap women, but cheap wine and cheap beer, bad idea. Um... When you try to cut down on your alcohol consumption as you get older, you think cheaper is the way to go. Um, alcohol is meant to be savored. Less is more. Mm, Educate yourself on what yeah. you like. You don't need Mad Dog 2020. I once, when I was in high school, illegally got a bottle of Mad Dog 2020, MD 2020. And uh, I, I, think I, was, I think I was temporarily blinded for a while. I once was in Mexico and I got such a cheap bottle of tequila that it had formaldehyde in it. It was five cents. You think that was a good idea? Going on the cheaper side? Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. We've got an event coming up. You can always go to robblackshow.com and learn about the radio and television events coming up. This big seminar coming up. You can use code RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com